through the book of Proverbs. We still got about uh, 70, somewhere between uh, 70 and uh, 80, 90 verses yet to finish the entire book. But uh, we are working through, but uh, I want you to turn with me to Numbers chapter 11. And tonight, uh, I want to uh, call this message, Make Something to Remember This Year. And uh, Christmas time is here, and uh, one of the things that we could take some minute, I know the ladies uh, try, uh, did this at their meeting as well, was just took some time and, and remembered some of the special things. And you know, it wasn't always the biggest gifts and the most money spent that actually means the most, amen? Uh, in fact, when you really look at life and what God has given us, it's the things that you can't buy. It's the things that you don't go out to the store. It's the things that you don't expend money on that are really the most valuable, are they not? And um, we, we need to build in our lives and in the lives of our children, and if you're... Uh, do not have children and a, and, and a family at home, uh, I want to encourage you to understand that people are still watching. Uh, I look forward to um, uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve because it's a time, times when our church family gets together. And uh, I've heard many people say this over the years, I'm, I'm closer to people at our church than I am a lot of members of my own family. And you know, God intended it that way. He, he didn't intend the church to be a family. He intended the church to be a body. So actually the relationship is closer and should be. And we work together, but we also should enjoy ourselves and enjoy the life that God has given us. Memory is a strong thing. And... Here, we're going to start with the negative and hopefully move toward the positive. But in Numbers chapter 11 and verse 5, the children of Israel were there. And actually, there was a, uh, a mixed multitude. Uh, these were half Egyptian, half Israel. Some of them were Egyptians that just followed uh, the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And, and they began to remember. And verse 5 says, We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onion and the garlic. Isn't it interesting what they remembered? I mean, they were being fed manna every morning. They had quail every night. How many of you have ever eaten quail? I mean, I'll tell you what, it is a wonderful feast. Of course, you have to have four or five of them to make a meal, but uh, they are wonderful little birds, and I'll, I'll tell you, incredibly tasty if they're done right. And, and They had this every day. But what do they remember? They remembered the fish and cucumbers. Let me ask you a question. Can anybody here tell me what a cucumber tastes like? I mean, it's just personal here. I, I like cucumbers. Uh, I like them. My wife fixes them with vinegar and a little bit of sugar and some other things, and I, I really enjoy the vinegar and the sugar on the cucumber. Uh, when I was a kid, we grew them in the garden, and, I mean, 
salt, pepper, and then you could eat the cucumber. But I mean, all by itself. Uh, I mean, they make a nice addition and a great big salad, but by themselves, there just isn't much there. And if you've ever met anyone who's eaten leeks or onions or garlic all by itself, uh, you know. Uh, you know, I had an uncle that used to eat onions like an orange or like an apple. I mean, he, ah. of course, he, he was not my favorite uncle to just be around, if you know what I mean. Uh, it's amazing what people remember. They despise the bread of heaven to remember things that were in the world. You know what they should have been remembering? They should have been remembering that in the land of Egypt was slavery. And even part of this mixed multitude, if they weren't involved in the slavery themselves, should they not have been ashamed of that chapter and of the cruelty that was heaped upon the Jewish people by the Egyptians, should they not have remembered those things? You know, if you will allow yourself, and I hope you don't, but if you will allow yourself, you'll begin to think that you used to have fun when you were in the world. And you know what you did, but that pleasure is only for a little season. There's always something attached to that. There's always the hook. There's always the skeletons rattling in the closet reminding you of things that you did that you shouldn't do. By the way, we never really remember correctly. I mean, that is a medical proven scientific fact. Your mind always enhances it. You, you know why that thing when you were a kid just seemed so wonderful? Well, that's what your memory does. It's, it's actually a good thing in many cases. But sometimes you'll remember things being horrible and bad and you'll remember them far worse than they were in reality. You know, you can do things in the theater of your mind that cannot happen in real life. And what we need to do is we need to work, endeavor, uh, to make some things that as we remember them, they will draw us to Christ, they will draw us to His church, and they will draw us to serving the Lord. Your, your memory can work both ways. Here, they were remembering things and they were allowing this memory to draw them away from the Lord. You know, the most dangerous thing about you as an adult remembering things is those that are watching you and following you might want to go try a dip in the world. Oh, I remember when I was a kid drag racing in the street. I never did that. I, I drove my mom's car. You didn't drag race a Ford Fairmont, sorry. Uh, but the simple truth is people remember those things. They say, oh, yeah, that was fun. Was it? You know, we need to work on remembering things correctly and Really, the only way... How many of you are trying to remember your verses for Tuesday night? 
Are you, are you struggling with that? That's a good thing. You know why? Because you have a set written word. And you can go back to that and you can test your memory and train your memory to remember properly. That's, that's one of the things scripture memorization is all about. Amen. I remember Saturday morning we were quoting with the men and I was reminded that there was a word in there that I'd forgotten was in there. You know what? I've been through these passages so many times. It's absolutely incredible. In fact, the biggest problem I have with quoting the verses is remembering all the other ones that get in there and mixing verses up. And, uh, but you have to have a set standard. That's what the Word of God is about. Get back to remembering the things that are written down. You know what? I have class notes. I graduated Bible college in 1986, and you can do the math, but that was more than a couple years ago. And don't tell me what you were doing in 1986. I see that smile. Uh, But the simple truth, I have my notes in a folder over here, and you may not be able to read them, and some of them I can't read anymore, Uh, but... I, I can The ones that I can read, I'll sit there and I'll read through them. And you know what? If I have a few moments of silence where I can sit and think, I can almost go back to the classroom and listen to the lecture again all those years later. You know why? Because I have something to go back and remember by. I'm not a journal man. Uh, I am not somebody that just believes in keeping a diary. And uh, do not talk to me about blogging. By God's grace, that is something I will never participate in. Uh, Because every blog I've ever read anything about, they run out of things to say, but they got to say something anyway. And uh, that's not where I want to go. But... When God does something special in your life, why don't you pray and ask him to emblazon that in your mind? I've got several different things at any given time that I can go back and I can remember having a time with the Lord. Some of those were very dark times. Some of them were very joyous times. But... If you don't do this, what's going to happen? You're going to start thinking the fish in Egypt was pretty good. You're going to start missing the leeks and the onions and the garlic and the bad breath that accompany them. Uh, You're going to miss things that you ought not miss. They had angel's food, not angel food cake, uh, uh, manna. They didn't even know what to call it. The Bible says it was the food of angels. Dropped down from heaven every day. And the quails every night. Everything they needed. When they ran out of water, what did God do? He brought water out of the rock. He healed the bitter waters. God promised them. And there are so many reminders 
that God has put in our life. I'll tell you, you ought to remember the day you got saved. Amen? And one of the things that you ought to remember is the struggle that it took to get there. I mean, some people, they hear the gospel, they get saved, and and it's just a wonderful life. Other people, boy, it's a struggle. Sometimes years of battling self and self-will and and all of these things to just surrender to the Lord. Now, I want us to take a few minutes and go over some of the things that God put in the Bible to remember. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 16, and, and there, there are yearly remembrances. You know, I don't believe that there's anything wrong with celebrating the Christmas holidays. Uh, I don't believe that there's anything wrong with enjoying Thanksgiving in the 4th of July. But if you think you're doing God a favor by showing up church on Christmas Sunday, then you got to work on that. Amen? Uh, that's not what it's all about. But one of the great reminders is in the Jewish life was the Passover. And look at verse 3 of Deuteronomy chapter 16. This is being reviewed here. Thou shalt eat no leavened bread with it, talking about the Passover meal, Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread therewith, even the bread of affliction. For thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt in haste, that thou mayest remember the day when thou camest forth out of the land of Egypt all the days of thy life. You know what? Passover, if it was properly celebrated reminded the children of Israel of what was in Egypt. There was slavery in Egypt. There was bondage in Egypt. There was oppression. Maybe they did have fish and melons, but I'll tell you what they didn't have. The ability to serve God under their own conscience and God's way. He said, you're going to celebrate the Passover. In fact, the Jewish people still celebrate Passover. Uh, some of their traditions are changed just a little bit. There's no more temple in Jerusalem. There's no sacrifice. There's no lamb. It's uh, interesting that uh, the Passover was all about the lamb. And today, it's about anything but the lamb. And yet, in our hearts Every day ought to be a Passover for the Christian, remembering the Lamb of God that was slain for the sins of the world. And we could get into the pictures that are there, but it said seven days they were going to eat unleavened bread. And, you know, we think of unleavened bread more like soda crackers, but there's actually leavening agent in most of that stuff. Unleavened bread is just flour and water. Somebody said one time, that's wallpaper paste. Well, if you put enough flour in it and put it in a pan and bake it, uh, that's unleavened bread. Uh, It's best nice and thin. Uh, In the 1800s and and before, uh, they would just take flour and a little water and roll it up into a ball. And uh, you would carry those in your package with you. And when you went to someone's house, if they invited you in, they would give you a sop or something to soak 
your hardtack or your ball of flour in and to soften it up, and that's how you would get nourishment. In fact, if you've ever been around Brother Marshall, every once in a while he'll say, oh, let's go sop our Dodgers. And uh, that was the old way of, that's what the little biscuits or balls of flour were called, was a Dodger, and you go over to someone's house, and what he means now is let's go get a piece of pizza. But uh, the simple truth was this Passover bread was the bread of affliction. There were bitter herbs. There was other parts with the Passover to remind them of what was in the land of Egypt. If you go back just a couple of chapters to Deuteronomy chapter 5, God also gave a weekly reminder. And there was more than just one. There was other feasts that were to be celebrated, but the Passover was the time to remember that they had left Egypt. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 15 here, It says, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out hence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commandeth thee to keep the Sabbath day. Do you get that? Why was the Sabbath so important? The Sabbath is not a day of worship. In the Bible, the Sabbath is a day of rest. This is the reason why we reject the Sabbatarian Baptist and the Seventh-day Adventist and other people that believe that you should worship God on Saturday. That is a tradition of man. I talked to one guy one time. He says, we keep the Sabbath. You don't. I said, I saw you driving your car yesterday to the building. He says, well, God knows we need to drive our car. Well, you talk to the Jewish people about the Sabbath. Uh, They'll tell you that it's against the Sabbath to turn on a light switch. And it is. That's why they hire Gentiles to come in and turn them on for them. Amen? And my question always has been, if you hire someone to do it for you, haven't you really done it yourself? Yeah. Well... They actually had a cure for that here in the synagogue when this was a synagogue. Everything was on the time clock. They hired the electrician to come in and put all the lights, the air conditioners, everything on time clocks. And so uh, Sabbath would come, they would walk in the building, and the lights would go click on. The only problem was I was working in the basement one night, one of them Time clocks got all screwed up, and I'm down there in the dark, and it goes click, and all the lights go off. And I'm just sitting here uh, in a very dark place with no light at all, trying to figure out what in the world happened to me. And uh, then I found out it was one of them crazy time clocks. I immediately removed the thing and have never put it back since. Amen? But the Sabbath was a day of rest. You know, one thing they never had in Egypt. Slaves don't get a day off. But free men do. Are you getting a picture here? Every Sabbath was a day to remember the goodness of God and the fact that He had brought them out of the land of Egypt and set them free. Turn with me to Numbers chapter 15. I'll tell you this last one is one that is really, really overlooked in the Bible. 15 and verse 39.
In fact, let's start reading verse 37 to give a little context to this one. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that when ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye use to go a-whoring, that ye may remember and do all the commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. You know, people say today, dress is not important. That's not in the Bible. Someone said, well, you can't judge by the outward appearance. No, you got that wrong. The Bible says that the only thing man can judge is the outward appearance. And you know what? You can make the outward right and have the inward all messed up. But it is almost impossible to have the inside straight and the outside all messed up. That is a lie of our generation. If you've got the inside right, guess what? It comes out. It has to. And he told the children of Israel that every garment that you wore, you're to take a ribbon of blue and put around the hem of your robe. Every time you look down to take a step, you'd see that blue ribbon dancing out in front of you. Every time, ladies, you bent over to pick up a child, clean something up, you'd see that ribbon of blue. And that ribbon of blue was a daily, moment-by-moment reminder to keep the laws of God and that you were no longer slaves in the land of Egypt to do the bidding of the world, but you were servants of the Most High God and bound by His laws and obedient to him alone. Now God instituted these things in the daily lives, weekly and yearly lives of the children of Israel. You say, what's the application today? How many of you got your new Bible reading calendar this morning? I forgot to announce it, but Stephen and Sean handed those out. We have the new calendars for 2014. Now don't raise your hand. But how many of you kept your Bible reading calendar just like you wanted to? How many would raise your hand with me and say, I want to do better in 2014? Okay, there's your opportunity. That is a daily thing that you can do to remember the Word of God. You know what? We got church Sunday morning. Sunday night, Thursday night. What is that? It's a reminder. Christmas Eve service. I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm I'm excited about hearing our people recite the Christmas story. We try to do things not just the same every year. Now, next year, we're not going to do this, all right? I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, 
Maybe we'll get the little children and let them read the Christmas story to us. We did that one year, several years ago, and it's always cute with all the missed words, and uh, I love the pronunciation of the little children. I mean, it just makes you listen a little closer. But we'll, we'll, let's work on Tuesday night before we start on next year. Amen? But that ought to be something that you put in your life. We start our holiday celebration in church. That's not a bad thing to do. You say, but I, I don't have a family and I don't have this. and I, Well, I just want you to stop and think about something. If you live old enough, guess what? There'll come a time when it'll be just you and your memories. I used to work in a nursing home. You know, things stop working. People and things from the outside can't get in anymore. And you will be forced to live on what you have stored up inside. I'll tell you what, you put some good memories in there. And that's what's going to come out. We had an old lady, I've often told her story, and everybody laughs and laughs. And uh, she had gotten into something, and she would lay there in her bed for, it actually took her weeks until she lost her voice, just screaming, help me, help me, I'm dying, I'm dying. I don't know where that came from. And one of the other aides went in there, her name was Ina, and said, no, Ina, you can't do this. It was finally to the point where she's going, help me, help me, I'm dying. And... uh, Ina lived many years after this. And she said, Ina, why don't you try singing? And this lady who was, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's and all of this started singing songs. And it was absolutely hilarious. You would hear, on a hill far away to the Easter parade. (laughs) Now, I'm I'm not making this up. I mean, this is what Ina would do. Sometimes she'd go, help me, help me, I'm dying. But it was cheerful at least. But I I want you to think about something. There's going to come a time if God gives you life where it's just going to be you and what you've put inside. I've taken care of some people in the nursing home that all that came out was cursing and foul language and just evil communication. I'll tell you what, they had put that in there all their life. And there finally came a point where the remembrance came out. I'll tell you what, if I ever get there, I hope and pray that all these old sermons start coming out. Amen? Uh, I, I would love for that to happen. But I'll tell you, what you put in is what you're going to get out. That's why God set up these things of remembrance. You know, we have just this year, this is all we have the next few days. 
If God gives us those days, Jesus could come tonight and wouldn't it be wonderful to celebrate Christmas in heaven? Actually, we wouldn't celebrate Christmas in heaven. We wouldn't worry about anything but Jesus in heaven. Amen? But we need to remind our children the greatest accomplishment, the greatest thing you can accomplish with your life, serve the Lord. The most wonderful thing that you can do is give the gospel to someone else. You know, we can't go back to the world. That's not possible for the Christian. But I sure have met an awful lot that have tried. How miserable that is. Numbers 1540 says that ye may remember and do all my commandments and be holy unto your God. You know what? Take some time. And it doesn't have to be some stilted now you please tell the family what you're thankful for lollipops I mean that's what Jason would say right yeah Uh, listen enjoy living for God amen have fun But make sure that your fun and your enjoyment puts you toward the Bible, not pulls you away from it. Make some memories this year that will encourage other people. But also, hey, start storing up. Old age is coming a lot faster than most of us would like to think. It's going to be here before long. You want some great friends? I remember my great-grandmother. She could only hear on certain days. She couldn't even hardly walk between the room she slept in and the room she sat in. One time, it was a good day, and I talked to her. I said, Grandma, what are you doing? She says, I just don't know why the Lord hasn't taken me home. I said, well, what do you do? Oh, she says, well, I get up and I start praying. She says, I pray for my sister that's here and I pray for uh, who is a missionary on the field and I pray for my cousin over here and I I pray for my great-grandson in Bible college. That was me at the time, actually. (laughs) I said, Grandma, I know why God's left you here. She said, why? I said, because we need your prayers. She said, you know, I never thought about that. But I'll tell you, that was a lady who spent her life remembering about God. And that's what we need to do. We need to take what we have today and use it to make some memories so that we can use them to encourage ourselves and others around us to serve God. And all God's people said, Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you in prayer.
And Lord, we ask that you would help us to live your word, to enjoy it, to be thankful for the things that are in it. But Lord, we pray that you'd help us to remember it. And Lord, that you would help us to order our lives that we can put things in our lives that are going to draw us closer to you. We pray for the little ones that are here tonight. That we would allow our remembrances to push them to the Savior. That we would never remember those things that would pull them away. Lord, that we would love you and serve you. Before we finish that prayer, we'll just take a moment, if you'd like to pray, add some of your own prayers. The altar's open. You can pray at your seat. If you're here with us tonight and you're not sure about your salvation, we'd be more than happy to take the Bible or have someone take the Bible and show you what it means to know that your sins are forgiven and heaven's your home. We wouldn't force that on anyone for the world. But we want to give you the opportunity. All you have to do is ask.